guess the restaurant. So I'm going to give you some clues, and this is everybody participate. Give you some clues about a particular restaurant kind of in our region. I'll narrow it down to that for you. And uh, one most of you would probably be familiar with. And as I give these clues, I'm going to keep giving them. And as soon as you think you've got it figured out, you shout out the answer. All right? This is an all-participation. I realize that it's church and we should be dignified. But sometimes, hey, we can be a little bit uh, rowdy and have some fun. Amen? All right, here we go. Guess the eatery. It is always crowded. They use big travel mugs for cups. They give you big portions. Oh, I heard somebody say it. They got that sweet molasses, and they're famous for their what? Tossed rolls. Come on. Nothing like a good, hot roll. Now, you know me. The best way to judge a restaurant is how strong their bread game is. Come on. It's a good restaurant if they got some good bread that they serve before the meal. You know what I love is that every time we gather together here in this place, every time we come together, we get to come to God's word and we get to feast on his word together. We get to partake, but not only do we partake, but we get to participate too. You know, every time we come together, we can, we not only get to hear the word and receive it and it satisfies us, but, but we also can participate. You can say amen every once in a while. That's your participation. All right. You can take some notes, hop on our central hub, follow along with the scriptures, take your own notes, participate a little bit. Uh, you, you get to come together and sometimes we've got serve team members that are all over the place. They're serving you, parking cars, helping you find a spot to sit, all of those things. Why? Because we, we not only partake when we come to the table, we get to participate when we come to the table. And uh, so we're going to partake and participate today. In fact, uh, a little later on in our service, we're going to come to the Lord's table, what's called the Eucharist. And we're going to partake in communion, where we take the bread and we take the juice. And, and in that moment, we will partake together, but we will also serve one another as you just pass the tray down the aisle. You get to participate as you serve the person sitting next to you. Today, we are coming to the Lord's table to feast. We're coming to the Lord's table to eat. We're coming to the Lord's table to find sustenance and satisfaction for what we might be missing in our lives and what might be coming up ahead in our lives. Here's what I know and here's what I believe. I believe that God's word satisfies our hunger and it curbs our appetite. It begins to change our appetite. See, the the more you walk with the Lord, the more you hang out with the Lord, the more you get to know Him, the more you're among His people, the more you open up the Word of God. I, I believe that it begins to satisfy the things in your heart, the deepest cravings, the deepest longings, the hurts, the pains, the frustrations. The Lord has a way of stepping in and meeting those things that you need. But it also begins to curb your appetite. See, you used to have an appetite for the world. Maybe you used to have an appetite for a certain uh, a substance. Maybe there was a certain appetite for, for how you lived and how you act, even in how you dealt with your own sexuality. You used to have an appetite. But some of you have found yourself in a place where God has begun to change your heart. And the more you've partaken of the word and feasted together with the people of God, you find your priorities are starting to change. Your attitudes are starting to change. Uh, you, you used to never think that you would look forward to ever coming to church, but something has changed in your appetite and you can't wait to get here on Sunday. That's why you're here at 930 and not here at 11. You just couldn't wait to get in and feast a little bit. Why? Because God has a way of satisfying our hunger, but yet he also changes our appetite. Just like bread 
before a meal satisfies that hunger. And oftentimes, if you eat too much of it, it changes your appetite entirely. And you got a nice big to-go box. I love me a big to-go box. One of the things that we've been doing in this series primarily is just looking at the seven statements Jesus made about his identity, which is helping us to understand his passion and his purpose. And one of the statements Jesus made, we're going to look at in John chapter 6, is when Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. John chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 1, and and we're going to read a good chunk of scripture today. I'm going to read through it relatively quickly. And if you brought a copy of the scriptures, you can follow along in John 6. Or if you have your phone, again, you can go to faithchurchks.org. Click on sermon notes, and you'll be able to read the scriptures Right along and follow a track as I read together. John chapter 6, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside, and he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near, and Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him. And he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread? Everybody say bread. Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to really test Philip, because he already had in mind what he was going to do. Some of you are showing up today hungry and you're wondering what God's going to do for you. Can I just help you out with something? God already knows what you need and he's already making plans to help bring the provision into your life. If you will continue to come to him, he will satisfy the thing that you've been hoping he would satisfy. Because he's good like that. If you read this account that we're about to read, it's a famous story in Scripture where Jesus feeds 5,000. You would maybe read this and you might have read it in another account of the Gospels. And in a different account, it doesn't show us that Jesus had pre-thought or that he knew what he was going to do. In fact, if you look at some of the other accounts from the disciples, you'll, you'll see them pick up the story right here in this next part where, where Andrew and Peter come to Jesus and say, Hey, Jesus... Uh, We've got all these people, they're hungry, there's over 5,000 men alone here. Uh, What do we we have for them to eat? And as we read, you'll you'll recognize that the story starts a little bit different than the other gospel accounts of the story. Why is that? Some people would say that that just proves that you can't trust the Bible. Oh, they, they can't even get their story straight. Well, here's what you have to understand about Scripture. Is that the gospels in particular, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are recounts or personal witnesses to the things that Jesus said and did. If there was a car accident and there were four people who were at different points in the accident, saw it, they would each have a slightly different story to the details that they tell. Why? Because they have a different perspective of what happened. They're going to have different details to the account Because they saw it from a different perspective. They were in a different vantage point. I I believe that some of those things, people would say that that makes the Bible unreliable. I disagree. I think it makes it more reliable. Because it shows that these were eyewitness men who saw it with their own eyes. Who picked up different nuances and details. And said some things along the way that help us get a fuller, more complete picture of who Jesus was. And what he did, even in this one account. That's why I know we can, that's one of the reasons why I believe that we can trust the Bible explicitly. 
Jesus goes on to, to ask this question, and Philip then answered him in verse 7, it, it would take more than half a year's wage to buy enough bread for all these people. I ain't got that kind of dough, Lord. See what I, see what I did there? Yeah, y'all ain't awake yet. It, it, that'll go over a lot better next service. Another one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, spoke up and he said, here's a boy with five small loaves of bread and two small fish. Come on, he went to Captain D's. How far will they go among so many people? Then Jesus said, I had the people sit down and there was plenty of grass in the place and they sat down above the 5,000, about 5,000 men were there. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed those things to those who were seated. As much as they wanted, he did the same with the fish. And when they had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Somebody needs to hear God isn't going to waste any single experience in your life. If you're willing to bring your whole life, good, bad and ugly to the Lord, nothing will be left out and wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with pieces of the five barley loaves and the leftover from the fish that they had eaten. We're going to skip down a little bit because Jesus does something really cool. You should go back and read it. Later, he sends his disciples on ahead. They get a little scared because the waves start to get a little big. He walks on the water, no big deal, and uh, gets in the boat with them, provides protection and safety, and immediately, the minute Jesus gets in the boat, they found themselves on the other side, totally transferred from the middle of the lake to the banks of the lake. Another miracle takes place all in the same moment. And, and then the other people, they find Jesus on the other side and they come back to him and they're really kind of kind of wondering what's going to happen next because, I mean, they just had a bunch of food that Jesus performed this amazing miracle. And they're all gathering around Jesus yet again on the other side of the lake. And they start asking him questions about who he is and what he's all about. And he talks about himself being the bread of life. And I want to look at one portion of what he says here at the end. It's found uh, in John 6, starting in verse Verse 47, listen to what Jesus says about himself. He says, very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that also comes down from heaven. That's what the manna did when they were in the wilderness. God floated this stuff down from the sky as they slept for them every morning to provide the daily bread that they needed. Every morning it came down from heaven. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, your ancestors ate the manna in their wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Father, we thank you for your word that satisfies us. Lord, today as we read this scripture, may it come alive. May it satisfy the longings and the deep spots of our heart. Lord, may we see Jesus today in a new way. As we partake together in this life that you've called us to. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... What I love is that as you keep, if you keep reading this account, Jesus says, hey, this is my body. If you eat this bread, it's like eating my, my body. And that's what we celebrate in communion, right? The bread represents his body, 
which has been broken and bruised and beaten and, and, and was completely uh, just taken advantage of. Why? So that your body can be healed, made whole, and he was providing something for you. And of course, we take of the cup, which represents his blood, and it purifies our hearts and our sins, and it does something amazing. And so Jesus was talking about believing in him, and he uses this metaphor of bread to illustrate who he was. And he says, uh, I, I am the bread, and you've got to eat of me. You've got to eat this bread. And the very next verse, if you keep reading, it says, and many disciples after this left him. I guess they needed a gluten-free option. They were looking for a, a, a God-free option, a, a version of this that didn't uh, require them to believe in something so bold and so strong and so real. They, they were looking for something to maybe help them in their life find their own satisfaction rather than recognizing that the place of surrender and belief is where satisfaction actually begins. Side note, I think that when we get to heaven, gluten won't be a problem. We'll all be redeemed and we can have as much bread as we want and it ain't going to add to the rolls. If that ain't enough reason to follow Jesus, I don't know <laughs> what is. The Bible says, but they didn't really understand what he was saying. In fact, to this day, there are a lot of maybe people who don't understand the way of the Lord. In fact, the Bible says, Paul wrote, he says, the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. In other words, to the people who haven't yet received of the fullness, to the people who have yet to really receive the salva salvation of Jesus, to the people who have really yet to believe, Man, they think what we do is really foolish. They don't get it. And many of the disciples that day thought he was just talking about, like, literally eat my bones and eat my flesh. And they'd be like, nah, I'm good, thanks. I'm going to head on. But they weren't getting that he was talking about a metaphor. You see, in the Bible, bread is often used to refer to not only in communion. Bread, Jesus is referring to himself as bread. But also we recognize that in Scripture, it is the Bible itself that is often referred to as bread. That we need to partake of every single day. Jesus is the bread of life. He was the living Word of God. John 1 says that He came in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In other words, Jesus is the Word of God. He was the living embodiment of the Scriptures that you have in front of you. Everything in the Old Testament, everything post the Gospels, everything in Scripture points to who Jesus is. Everything points to Jesus, and it is in the reading of His written Word that we begin to see and receive the fullness of who God is as well. See, when we read the written word, it becomes bread for our life. When we apply the things that we read, it becomes bread that others can be satisfied by because they see the fruit of our lives that Jesus has done in us, the work that he's done, they begin to see and understand those things as well. Swimmers and endurance runners and other athletes who participate in endurance sports have this thing that often they will do before a race called carb loading. You ever heard this term before, carb loading? Where they load up on carbs so that, that your body has a way of turning those carbohydrates into the energy that your muscles need to keep going on. It has a way of, of your body is miraculous in that way to, to process those carbs to create energy for the race that you need in your life for, for those things. Listen, friends, the Word of God 
when we come to it and we carb load up on God's word, it will give you the energy that you need to endure the life that you're supposed to live. If you're feeling weak, it's because you haven't carb loaded enough. You need to go and carb load a little bit on God's word. What is, let me give you three benefits this morning of carb loading on God's word. Three benefits and then I'll give you some real practical things on how you can carb load in your own life um, as we move on. So carb loading on God's word, it does some things. Number one, it's this carb loading God's word provides for our today. Give us this day, Jesus said that we should pray our daily bread. Jesus came down from heaven so that daily we could feast on the truth of who he is that brings satisfaction into our lives. If it is a daily bread that we need to eat, you better be eating of it every day. Carb load on God's word every day because God knows what you need that day and he wants to give it to you, that truth, that insight, that encouragement that can come from God's word directly. Carb loading on God's word provides for our today. Just yesterday, I was spending some time in the word in the morning, which is a habit and a pattern of my life. And I was reading in scripture in John 20, and it said, it was reading, uh, I was reading the account of the resurrection of John's gospel. And John said of the resurrection, it was early in the morning that they came to the tomb. And they found the tomb empty because Jesus was alive. And the Holy Spirit just kind of grabbed me for a minute. And the thought came to me that God does his best work when I'm not working. And what I needed God to say, what God was trying to show me, what he was trying to provide, the carb that I needed from the bread that day was that I needed to remind myself, that he needed to remind me rather, that while I rest, God's at work. Because sometimes in my life, especially in my profession, as a professional Christian, (laughs) kidding, as a pastor, Work in ministry is never done. There's always more to do, always more people to help. I'm always working on a sermon, on a message, on an illustration, always crafting and thinking and wondering and praying and sometimes worrying. And God needed to remind me that day, hey, listen, I can work when you take a rest. This world started spinning when you weren't around. It keeps spinning if you're not around. Chill out. I got it. It was the encouragement that I needed yesterday because y'all two services, this is a big deal for us. We're stretching a whole new thing. Is it going to work? Is all of these things. And God was like, Hey, go coach basketball. I got it. So I did. I went and coached my kids basketball games and I quit worrying. Why? Because God does his best work when I'm at rest. And it was that day. It was what I needed that day. Listen, God is waiting to mentor you personally every day through the scriptures because carb loading on God's word every day helps provide what you need for that day. But not only does it provide what you need for that day, carb loading God's word, number two, will protect our tomorrow. It'll protect your tomorrow. 
It'll be available for what you need tomorrow. Uh, Psalms 119 verse 11. It's one of those verses I've memorized since I was a kid. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Man, sometimes I'm worried I'm going to mess up tomorrow on things. But God says, hey, I want to protect your tomorrow. Carb load up on the word, stick it away in your heart. And whatever comes tomorrow, I'll have provided for you and protect your tomorrow. All because, all because you carb loaded today. Some of you need to start carb loading today to protect your tomorrow. Proverbs, uh, Proverbs chapter four says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from your heart. Protect your heart. How do you protect your heart? You read God's word. Allow his truth to get embedded, integrated, installed into the operating system of your life. And it begins to protect the way that you live. Why? Because carb loading on God's word will protect your tomorrow. Carb loading on God's word will protect your tomorrow. Uh, Listen, sometimes you read God's word and you're like, that didn't help me today. I didn't have that moment. There was no euphoria. I just was reading it. That's okay. Because it's for your tomorrow. I can't tell you the number of times in my life I have read something. Got a hold of his heart. That's a good truth. I like that. It wasn't earth or life changing. It was just a good truth. And I heard it and I got it and I understood it. But it wasn't until two weeks later the Lord brought back to my memory the thing that I had tucked away in my heart. Because I didn't need it that day. He was trying to give me what I needed for tomorrow. Some of you are going to run into problems, situations, and circumstances that you don't know are coming, but God knows are coming. And he's trying to give you the wisdom and the insight and the understanding that will unlock it for your tomorrow, but you've got to pick it up today. It's a pick up today for your tomorrow. God's word helps you to protect your tomorrow. And, and, and thirdly is this, God, carb loading on God's word helps you proclaim your eternity. It proclaims your eternity. Again, look at John 6, verse 51. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Why? Because when you take the bread and you begin to believe with all of your heart that Jesus is who he said that he was, and you put your faith and your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ, and what he did at the cross... It forever alters your eternity. That moment you say, Jesus, I surrender. I believe in you. That moment of salvation, God says, for all of eternity, it's been changed. God says, forever, you're going to be sealed with my spirit. And when that day comes, when the world ends, when things shift around, and when you take your last breath, when you are absent from this body, you will then be present with the Lord Almighty, living eternally with God. Why? Because you partook. You carb loaded up on who Jesus was. Your belief system was firmly cooked and established at the right temperature and the right time for all of it to come out in a way. But not only that, when you carb load every day and you begin to apply it into your life, you become a, and you, you begin to be a doer of what God says. You begin to put into practice 
the things that you read, the truths that are here. You begin to change your pattern of living and your priorities to God's word. What are you doing? You are proclaiming to the world around you that your eternity is different, that there's a different purpose that you're living by. You're now pursuing all that God has for you. There's something that has shifted in you, and you begin to proclaim your eternity, but you can't just hear it. You've got to apply it and begin to live it out. Friends, I, I hope that by the end of our time today, you're inspired to just start carb loading on God's word. That's the one goal I have for you today. Because carb loading on God's word will satisfy the, the deepest hungers in your life, and it will change your appetite from sin. Proclaiming the good news of God to the world around you. You don't get to transform your own life. You don't get to change your own heart. God's word is what changes who you are. God's word is what transforms your life. God's word is the thing that begins to get inside of us and and create a hunger and a pursuit and a passion that, that rearranges who we are and we begin to see our eternity differently. I know you're sitting there and you're saying, Pastor, that's great for you. I mean, you, you've been reading this book for probably a long time. You understand it. There's, there's things that you get and you see and you pick up. I, I'm not smart like that. I, I, I can't read the Bible and understand it. You realize that that's the same lie the devil's been peddling since the very beginning of time? Listen to me, friends. You can read God's word and understand it. We went to Lambert's not too long ago over spring break with our kids. And at first they were like, hey, dad, can you catch me a roll? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this. Right? Because I haven't used my shortstop skills in a really long time. And I'm all like, let's go. I got, I got the glove hand ready. And they're tossing them from across. And I'm like, bah, bah. I'm, I mean, I'm feeling great. Like, it's feeling good. I'm like serving up bread to my kids all day long. They're, they're there. But you know what really did, did something in me? Was that when they said, hey, Dad, can I catch one? I'm like, yeah, go for it. It made me the, one of the most proud dads in the world to see my kids jump up and grab a hold of this roll. Hold on to it. Right? They, they caught it on their own. Listen, every Sunday I'm here and I'm feeding you some rolls. I'm tossing it to you. I'm catching it. I'm asking God what he wants and I'm giving it to you for us as a body. I'm helping you get a hold of the roll. But nothing will change your life. Nothing will put a smile on God's face. Like when you decide I'm going to catch my own bread today. I'm going to open up the scripture. It might just be one word. It might, not, it might just be one scripture. But I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to read it. And I'm going to ask God to make it satisfy. I'm going to ask that he carb loads it for my my provision today, that I'm reading it and it's going to protect my tomorrow. And I'm asking God that he's going to bring it in and it'll change my eternity and change my destiny. Listen, you can catch the role. You can catch the role. You can understand it. Let me give you some real practical things today. If you're taking notes, I really hope that you'll jot these down. Real practical ways how you can carb load your own. Number one, Let me challenge you. Make a commitment for the next 21 days to read God's word. We have a reading plan on the central hub for the next 21 days. It's one chapter in the book of John, 21 days. There's 21 chapters. Make a decision that you're going to read that plan every day. One chapter in John for the next 21 days. Make a commitment. Do it. Pre-decide. You're going to carb load every day and let it satisfy you. Another practical thing. Get a version of the scripture that you enjoy reading. 
There's a lot of great versions out there. There's not only one that God blesses, contrary to popular opinion. The King James Version is not the only version of the Bible that God has blessed and anointed. It's a great one. It's not the only one. Let me give you three. Every week I teach out of the NIV, New International Version, NIV. Another great one to read, New Living Translation, NLT. For those of you that really love a good story form version of writing, read the message. MSG is it's because everybody knows MSG just satisfies even more. Y'all, I'm good today. The message translation. Pick a version that you enjoy reading that helps connect the dots for you. Do that. I want to encourage you to get a study Bible, a Bible with study notes in the bottom. The one I recommend, the Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible. Get it in the New Living Translation. Go on Amazon, Spirit-Filled Life, New Living Translation. It'll show up right there. Get a study Bible. On your Bible app, when you're reading a scripture, there's a little kind of discovery icon in the left if you're of God and have an Apple device. It's up on the right-hand side if you're on the dark side with the Android people. <laughs> Click that discovery and there'll be videos called from the Bible Project that will explain the point of the whole book that you're reading. Just helps you understand. Listen, you can read and understand Scripture. And here's why it's important. Because when you partake daily of the written word of God, you're personally satisfied. But when you take it a step further and you share it with somebody else or maybe you begin to apply it in your own life, then others can see Jesus through that. He becomes seen. Listen, that's, that's why we come to the Lord's table to partake of communion so that we can receive what Jesus did, let it transform our heart, and we can move forward different. I'm going to invite those of our hosts that are helping to serve communion this morning. If you would go ahead and get the elements. And uh, they're going to begin serving from the front to the back. As the tray comes by, friends, real practical note, there are two cups in each slot. The bottom cup has the bread. The top part has the juice. Take both those cups and you can partake. Uh, if you'll hold on to those, once everybody has the elements, we'll, we will partake together here in just a minute. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Anyone who would eat of this bread will be satisfied and have eternal life. Friends, let me be real clear. Partaking of these elements is not the act that you need to do to save your life. While it is special and it is a sacred moment as we partake of what's called the Eucharist, it is a special moment, but it is not the moment that will save you. The moment that Jesus said would save was when you choose to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that it's important that we all would check our hearts to make sure that we are right with the Lord, that we would examine our own hearts to say, is my heart surrendered to Jesus or is it only surrendered unto myself? Here at Faith Church, we serve in an open communion. In other words, any person who has put their faith in Jesus 
is welcome to partake. Man, if you haven't committed your life to the Lord, why not do it right now? Because there's a longing in your heart that only can be satisfied when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. He's the one that satisfies. He's the one that, that creates the hunger. He's the one that takes your sin and washes it away, throws it into a sea that he calls a sea of forgetfulness. Never to remember your wrongdoings ever again. That's the beauty of God. That's the beauty of his son, Jesus. That's the beauty of this moment that we come and partake and find life. Jesus is the one that can satisfy your life. I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads, close your eyes just for a second. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to put my faith in him. I want to receive by faith the bread of life today. I'm asking Jesus to be my savior, my Lord, my God. I want to put my faith in him. Maybe for the first time, maybe you're returning to the Lord. If that's you, would you just put a hand real quick in the air so we know who we're praying for? Thank you for that hand. Thank you so much. Hands up, hands down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Church family, can we all pray this together? Nobody prays by themselves. Let's pray this together. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. We believe in Jesus, that he is the bread of life, that he's come to satisfy us to remove our sins, to make us whole. I believe in Jesus and I ask you to save me, God. Make me new from the inside out. I put my faith in you, Jesus. In Jesus' name.